Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is Muriwa Gavaza, and for today, uh, you know, we continue uh, our conversation uh, with uh, Kumbi uh, Gudani, who is from Standard Bank's uh, CIB, uh, that is the Corporate and Investment Bank. You know, he heads up a team uh, that, uh, you know, looks after uh, technology, media, and telecoms uh, inside CIB. And um, if you listen, to our previous session we talked quite a bit about uh, what's going on in the telecom side of things uh, but for today we are getting into part two of our discussion uh, where we delve into the media and technology piece and um, it's really going to be a great one um, on to the media side and I think, you know, from my purview, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems that some of the biggest investment action or where money is flowing is towards streaming, right? You and I are talking in the week that uh, Multidress has just uh, relaunched Showmax. Um, they are throwing a lot of money. I think um, they signaled that it would be overall over time. Uh, roughly, you know, two to three billion rand type of investment. Uh, what do you make of streaming, you know, um, overall? Um, is it a theme? Because around the world, the players seem to be grappling. Disney has been losing money. Um, we've seen Netflix introducing an ad-supported tier for the first time. Amazon, you know, is going, you know, quite a bit on the ads, even for paid um, you know, customers, um, we're seeing consolidation already with the U.S. players. Um, so people, once upon a time, it was just Netflix. Everyone thought they wanted to get into the game. They got into the game. The economics haven't been working out they thought, the way they thought. We seem to be mashing back up into consolidation. How are you seeing the space develop? You know, uh, the current CEO of CIB, Kenny Fisher. Yeah. Whenever you ask him questions related to how do you solve this big problem, etc., he always goes and says, always be the interface with the client. Yeah. The client will show you and tell you what you need to do. Yeah. It's a bit, pretty much the same when it comes to streaming. Yeah. Streaming wars, happened because the user the wants to stream. Okay. Yeah. And the reality is there will be a mix of modes in which the user is going to use. Mm. Satellite, cable, mm. streaming. Mm. But you can't ignore the fastest growing category. Mm. And if you think of where we are going in terms of data, AI, small formats, social media, streaming is here to stay. And it's a global feature whose economics might not yet be clear, but that's always the interesting part about technology. When Google, Facebook, Amazon set up, the economics were not clear. Unit economics were not clear. But if you go back to my point around Kenny, you follow the client, yeah. you'll figure out how, how exactly how it's going to work. 
And with that, you're going to evolve through a cycle which might need another hockey stick investment cycle. Yeah, yeah. But I think ultimately, if you look at the secular trends, underpinning it, there is a market for streaming. Yeah. I think from a cost perspective and a price perspective, it's not yet clear where that will settle. Do you go nano format and start offering um, consumers 20 rand a game to watch? Do you go ad supported, like what uh, Free Premier League has done for weekends? Or do you go skinny bundle combined with something else? Or do you go bouquet style? I think that's still... The jury is still out on that, but we should be grateful for entities like Multitrace continuing to invest because a large part of tech, which we always have to guard against, is it normally coalesces to homogeneity. So in this case, we benefit a lot in still having local content developed for our own local tastes and market, which might not necessarily be at the top of the priority list for a global streaming champion. So multi-choice and all the other players continuing to invest is an element that should continue to be supported. And it's a strong feature of the South African market because it helps not only our talent, but it also helps in broadening the base of opportunities in the media space because we do not know what follows streaming. And sometimes we go forward to come back. (laughs) (laughs) So we have to, in a way, still continue to support the existing industry, Um, satellite, free-to-air, like what e-media is doing. Uh, which is media is doing that very well, by the way, um, and and also continue to have a, a, a streaming application for it. You know what's interesting to me when it comes to the world of streaming and the fact that people are still grappling around uh, how to make the unit economics work is that you have we tend to have audiences that demand certain types of content. But moving those audiences from one type of consumption to another and expecting them to move over with the same buying habits does not always translate. I think e-media is probably a unique case in the sense that their business model has been free to air on linear broadcast and they've taken you know, the same ad supported, you know, we're doing free to air to the streaming side when you look at EVOD. But other parts of media haven't uh, worked out the same. Take the newspaper industry, for example, just because people are comfortable, and I speak like this because I'm coming from a newspaper, you know, environment, a person is willing to pay, let's say, 10, 15, or 20 rand every day 
to buy a newspaper, but they aren't always willing to, let's say, pay 120 rand for the whole month to read the same news online. Mm -hmm. Even though it works out much cheaper, they're probably paying a quarter of what they would do if they were buying, let's say, a newspaper every single day. They just feel more comfortable paying for the physical thing. But because it's an online medium or format, um, the buying behavior hasn't, the product is still the same. They're still reading articles, but the buying behavior has not translated onto the new platform. And I sort of feel like um, the streaming guys are facing the same challenge. Customers are well comfortable. They've proven it over years. We can pay for cable. We can pay for, let's say, a DSTV, a bouquet offering. But you want me to pay... Someone will say, okay, fine, I can pay 800 rand for DSTV. But you want me to cumulatively pay 800 rand for Amazon and then Netflix and then this and then that. You know, it's it's it, it's sitting there. It's, it, <laughs> it comes up with this point of friction. So I just find it interesting that for the same type of content, the, the, the working, working, moving consumers over to a new platform, even though they're consuming exactly the same thing, um, doesn't always translate. So from an economic theory perspective, uh-huh. and we left that topic, but it's also a feature in the space. Yeah. That's why consolidation works. Because if you look at a business model perspective, sometimes you have to collapse industries together to get the same efficiencies that you used to have before. Some cases you have to let those industries die, or some cases you have to just consolidate and be able to strike efficiencies that you are not going to strike independently when you are independent independent players in an industry fighting for the same consumer, and then the consumer habits shift against you. So we... If you're one of the points I raised earlier, I think we have sufficient talent in the country to solve these problems. And from a technical perspective, from an advisory perspective, uh, as long as we migrate with the client and there still remains a market, the the clients are saying there is a market. Maybe it's not at the price point you want, but (laughs) it's available. And if you add the innovation layer to it, then you you actually stand a better chance of having a robust business model. So we're having a podcast right now. Some of the global podcast providers, Joe Rogan, for instance, earn multiples of what media entities in this country earn. Yeah. As a single podcast. As a single podcast. But they're being acquired by who? By media companies, right? They're striking deals with who? With media companies for distribution. Mm. You know? And that ability to consolidate, to merge, is what actually keeps the industry evolving and moving forward. In some cases, it works. some cases, it doesn't work. Um, you'd look, AT&T and Verizon all had a media element to them, and then they hived them off. Mm. You know? But you definitely have to have a crack at it. Uh, in order to be able to keep your business sound 
as you go through that glide path to find out where your unit economics are going to land and how that impacts your your profitability. But in South Africa, the media entities broadly have done a very good job to stay sound. If you look at radio, radio has done phenomenally well. At one stage, uh, everyone thought digital was going to wipe out the ads uh, and viewership in, in in radio, and it doesn't hasn't necessarily transpired in that way. Um, and that's where I get to about having always a mix within your armor, you know, um, and being able to to weather the trends as they come in and as they go, um, because ultimately, if you follow the client and if there remains to be a market you will always have a solution that will be that will be taken up sure curious to know um when it comes to some of these industries that are still trying to figure themselves out when they approach let's say um a standard bank your unit what is the discussion that's being had are you let's say someone comes and they're looking for for debt it's streaming, it's, you know, what the conversation we're having. Are we backing that at some point in the future, these people are going to figure themselves out? Or are we backing the fact that with the previous model, these people back, figured themselves out and we think they'll probably be able to, you know, do it? Or are we actively saying, let us help you figure this thing out yeah it's the latter it's the latter so and and the benefit of being in an institution like standard bank is we're a universal bank so you you come you want to open a bank account and you just set up you've got the idea there is someone who's going to help you open a bank account Mm -hmm. even if you're gavaza streaming on your own you haven't even got a single customer Mm -hmm. you know someone in the business bank is going to help you might be small business, might be micro business, someone's going to help you. And you come and uh, you've got an existing business and it's been a stormy state, uh, someone's going to assist you. We'll sit down with you and say, okay, this is what we're seeing. That's the key part of having subject matter experts and having the focus is we have a depth of experience which spans emerging markets even beyond our own and we can be able to effectively benchmark what you're going through and help you co-diagnose how we solve it to get out of it uh, and, and support you across uh, across the journey and we particularly value our relationships in the institution and once we commit to them, uh, we go the whole way and we continue to to support. And that comes across all the various services and solutions that we offer. You know, um, we have there's this uh, transaction we're doing, we were advising, and uh, there was an XCON issue. It actually related to what you're talking about, streaming. Because of where you get the rights, where the rights sit, where the content is, the IP, where you're going to export it, etc. 
And we have exchange control colleagues who sat down and gathered the client throughout and, and help them. So it's always a core solve rather than, sorry, we've closed the door. You, you're no longer in vogue, so we'll, we'll, we'll speak to you later on. Uh, and we're also fair enough to say we cannot help. And probably it's best you speak to other parties. And we do those introductions very seamlessly. Introductions to other capital providers that can help. Um, they might be development finance institutions. They might be agencies that offer grants. They might be private equity. They might be impact investors. We'll, we'll always try and find a solution rather than uh, leave the entity hanging um, without any option. Mm -hmm. um, and it is an interesting one. And uh, I, I think it's a space we're definitely going to continue to watch um, how it develops over time. I think, you know, the, the streaming players are in flux and the consolidation piece is, you know, uh, a big one. How uh, streaming players on the continent, uh, whether it's multi-choice, whether in South Africa, SABC, EVOD, you know, play their game. Uh, View from Hong Kong has also seen this as a good market. Um, I like what you said about the fact that you sort of followed the, the client, right? Um, I remember we had View on this platform you know we had a similar conversation and they told us that they had four million customers in south africa and i was like what there's a market of for four million streaming customers in south africa and i was like wow that's that was eye-opening because you we typically don't see firm streaming numbers in south africa but actually see hearing a company say yeah no we've got four million monthly active users you know that are streaming on our platform and i was like wow that's actually that's actually a huge, uh, what you call this, that's actually a huge market. So it will be And very, that's what I was yeah. talking about when I was saying, uh, of course, a business can fail. Mm. But I think we have a lot of niche and broader markets in South Africa yeah. that would pique the interest of a lot of players. Mm. If you think, you know, right now, we were just talking on video streaming. Music streaming, yeah. Spotify, Deezer, Apple Music. Yeah. You know, they still they still find it worthwhile to invest in South, in South Africa. Africa. And that shows you the, the potential, as well as the existing base that we've got of digital savvy and income producing and willing to spend uh, consumers. And that's why, as I said to you, the, the unit economics will work themselves out, but we have enough of a market uh, in the space. And I think the health of the media sector in South Africa is, is resilient right now, and there will be a lot of green shoots. And if you think, America, with all its capital, is still struggling to have a clear streaming champion. Mm. They have a clear social media champion. They now have a clear chip champion. They have a clear cloud champion. Yes. 
a clear EV champion, a clear, yeah, yeah, I see, I see what you yeah. So <laughs> sometimes we, we're a bit too tough on ourselves. Uh, last year, Paramount was like a darling the year before. I'm not too sure if it will be this year. Yeah. You know, you were talking about Disney. They had to bring back Bob Iger. Yeah. I'm not too sure <laughs> if it solved <laughs> what they intended to do. And when they started out, we all thought they were going to just yeah. destroy Netflix. Destroy Netflix. Everyone said they have large content libraries. They have the distribution. It's a good price point. What has Disney done that has failed? And that shows you. And, and that's um, it's a big part of why I, I love this sector. Because every single time you believe you know something, you're quickly shown that you don't. Yeah. You know? The larger your circle of knowledge, the more broader your circumference of not knowing stuff True. becomes. Very, very, very. And the user and the client always manages to shift it. So when I tell people, uh, Google wasn't the first search company. Yeah. Neither was Facebook, the first social media company. But what is AOL? Exactly. What is Yahoo? <laughs> so... The resilience to be able to ride out the business cycle and figure out the actual business model that works is what truly counts. And we are able to do it in South Africa with the players still being profitable uh, and not being bankrupt because some of the international companies are fully bankrupt. So we... Um, I think we have uh, yeah, a very, very resilient sector, which will level out very soon. So, yeah, so I think the, the, the media space will level out, um, both from a radio and a digital, uh, within the short term. And the, the proposition will continue to be strong. I actually think consumption from a media perspective, is one of the biggest spend areas for any digital provider. Content is going to continue to grow uh, in its various formats, short, long, uh, advertised, non-advertised. Okay, cool. So perhaps where we can end off, because we've covered uh, the telecoms piece, uh, we've covered the media piece, and there are a lot of common themes that we've actually found, um, you know, across the different uh, um, across the different uh, pieces of that discussion. Whether it be consolidation, whether it be following the customer, uh, whether it be just giving uh, us the ability to try certain things and making them work. Perhaps where we can end off is to look at the technology piece, and uh, obviously in twenty twenty three. Um, there's no doubt that uh, everyone and their cat was talking about uh, AI, artificial intelligence. We've had so many discussions on this platform about artificial intelligence. And I think for us, you know, um, where we could pick your brain is simply to say 2024, I think people are well aware, ChatGPT, BARD, um, you know, whether it's being AI, whatever it is that you're using on the consumer front, bespoke systems that enterprises are now putting into place as their own internal AIs. Uh, people are well aware of that particular use case. Where do you see things going? 
All right. Uh, yeah. Where do you see things going? You know, for me, I, I think it's just the ability to, you know, um, engage on a different level, whether it's being able to get your AI to respond to you visually or audio. audio. That's where I, that's where I see things going. I'm not sure where you are, you know, seeing the growth and how that informs, I guess, investment decisions. So we, we, I'm personally not paid to crystal ball gates. <laughs> uh, we, we have futurists in the bank. Okay, cool. <laughs> not sure the regulator wouldn't allow futurists to deal with money. But uh, the excitement on AI is palpable. Mm, definitely. And it's undeniable. I think where we always try and focus our minds is to distill the actual opportunity mm. that's available and then to ride the wave as the opportunity develops. Yeah. And I'm sure you saw the Vodafone Microsoft uh, partnership that got announced. Mm. Uh, there are a lot of other enterprise players who've been uh, announcing deals with Microsoft and Copilot, etc. So from an enterprise perspective, I think this year will be the year of defining the use cases. And it's no different from what I was saying to you earlier about telecommunications. Mm. We still need to define 5G use cases. <laughs> and I have no doubt that there will be 5G use cases. But you have to work with what you currently have now and the way you see uh, them coming through as green shoots that you can actually monetize and, and, and build on. And so from an enterprise perspective, AI-driven automation is going to have a takeoff this year. Yeah. Some of the clients I work with and we work with have already started automating. If you look at the business process outsourcing space, more chances than not, if you're speaking to someone, you're speaking to a chatbot. And that chatbot can generate human-like text, in some cases, even human-like responses. And that's an advancement in natural process language, uh, which is at a liftoff with AI. Yeah. And I think that is going to bring bounds and bounds of productivity gains. But at the same time, we, we should also be acutely aware of the risks of it. And where I think as a continent we need to get to is having our voice in the AI table. Because what you don't want is a chatbot with a bias. Yes speaking to you, yes. a chatbot which doesn't understand our Poppy Act yeah. being deployed to you. Mm. And so we need to, whilst being caught in awe of the excitement, still be grounded by having to sort out the regulation to make sure that it's applicable and works best for where we are. Mm. And I think enterprises are at the point where they can handle that complexity. 
because they will have their own compliance functions. They're very well regulated. They will probably have best practices in place, even as this evolves. And they will probably build a lot of the applications um, that we will be able to showcase to the world on an AI level. On the consumer side, there are AI companies that are being founded even in South Africa. And they're not just rebranding to AI. They are actually fresh, fresh at building AI uh, built-to-suit applications. And I think they're the ones to look out for because they probably have the edge that other tech companies never had before, which is they can build a globally compelling solution right here and deploy it without even leaving the borders of this country. And that's what happens on the consumer side. So it's definitely an exciting space. Obviously, it has to be measured in terms of what our approach is going to be. And everyone you speak to who truly understands the space will tell you this is probably more exciting than the transistor, the microchip, the internet, the mobile phone. And so you, you should take it seriously. And we're clearly doing the same as well. I certainly agree with you that I think this will be the year of defining, at least to some extent, defining use cases. You and I are talking a day after Samsung um, had its uh, S24 launch. And, you know, it felt more like an AI presentation, they launched their AI and then they happened to have a couple of devices that this AI is going to be running on. It wasn't the typical device launch that we're used to. Here's the phone, the design, the screen, the specs, the, you know, but it was rather, this is the AI, this is the hardware that the AI is going to be running on, which I found to be such a complete shift, you know, in how Samsung has normally approached telling us about their their products and I was like okay cool if Samsung which is arguably uh, I know people talk about Apple but from a reach point of view there's probably no company that's got a wider reach smartphone wise than Samsung and if they've had to shift their way of working because of AI then hey uh, what more of uh, you know any other type of business and they are in the consumer space and I just wonder, as consumers play around with that stuff, what type of feedback loop it's going to create in terms of the expectations that those consumers who start playing around with AI will have of other, you know, businesses or interactions that they have on a day, whether that's with a bank, a telco, uh, a retailer, you know, how is that all going to inform, um, you know, their thinking? Yeah, we, we could possibly have a billion dollar uh, AI company, which we might never know of, with <laughs> ten employees, sure. set up, yeah, sure. and uh, I think the multiply effect of AI is going to probably shock even the leaders in the space, and we just have to give it time and stay close to it. So. That's where we end off. It has been a really great discussion for today. 
Um, you know, thank you so much uh, to uh, Kumbi uh, Gundani, who is the head of uh, the telecommunications, media and technology uh, practice here at uh, Standard Bank, Corporate and Investment Bank for South Africa, giving us some insight into the state um, you know, of uh, the sector. It was very wide ranging, you know, talking about the sector as a whole and then delving into some of the main themes um, when it comes to telecommunications, when it comes to media, when it comes to technology. And I think one of the big overarching themes is the fact that, um, you know, he talks about uh, the fact that South Africa has great infrastructure in place. Um, you know, whether you're talking on the telecom side, the technology side or the media side, there are great systems in place, great ecosystems in place. And South Africa is, you know, able to punch, you know, above its perceived weight because of the skills base that is here. And uh, one of the big things that I'm, you know, interpreting from um, having listened and spoken to him for the last hour is that uh, he's... Uh, it, also, it almost sounds like a rallying call uh, that businesses just need to have a bit of courage, uh, you know, try the thing, you know, you'll never know how the thing was going to work unless you, you try the thing. Yes, um, there might be periods of uh, tension, there might be periods of upheaval, you know, you, you branch out only to consolidate and collapse inwards, I think. That's the example that he gave earlier on. But you must at least be willing to try, you know, so that we can figure these things out um, and then make the economics make sense at the end of the day. Really great discussion. And um, we wait to see how themes like uh, AI, for example, are going to help, um, you know, local businesses. And uh, one of the big things that he said is that, uh, you know, South Africa and the Af African continent need to have a seat at the table um, when it comes to that AI discussion, you know, something that is localized, something that is locally developed, um, you know, just so that we can cater to, you know, the needs, um, you know, of this particular continent. So that's been it. Kumbi, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you very much for making time. Enjoyed the discussion. And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcast on Business Live. That's under the podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter. We're hashtag BD Spotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you choose to get your pods casted. I've been Mudio Gavaza of the Business Day and Financial Mail. And this has been another edition of the Business Day Spotlight, which is a multimedia live production. So from myself and the rest of the team it is a good evening good afternoon and good morning